Welcome to the Life & Law Podcast. I'm Heather Mulder, former AmLaw 100 partner turned lawyer coach who, just five years into my legal career, found myself teetering on the edge of burnout. But I was determined not to become yet another lawyer burnout statistic. And so I redefined success on my own terms, enabling me to build a profitable legal practice while navigating the challenges of two kids and two bed rests, the 2008 financial crisis, and a battle with breast cancer. What I learned is that you can build a successful legal career without sacrificing your health or personal happiness. And I now help purpose-driven lawyers confidently retake control of their careers and create their next level of success and impact. Join me each week for practical, unfiltered advice on how to successfully navigate the challenging legal market and succeed in both law and life. This is the Life in Law Podcast. Well, hello, hello. Welcome to the Life in Law Podcast. This is Heather Mulder, your host. And today we are talking about niching down to build up. This is part of my client development spotlight to help those of you in private practice who are trying to grow your book of business and might be struggling. And one of the things I see a lot in my clients is often that they're not niched down enough. So if you've ever heard if you're selling to everybody, you're selling to nobody, that is what we're really getting at today. So obviously, today's episode is very specific to those of you who are in private practice Sorry about that. You might want to go back and check out some of the older episodes if you are not in private practice and you don't ever plan to be and you're just not interested in the whole niching down concept. For those of you who are in private practice but you're not at the level where you're building your own book of business, I do suggest that you listen to this because it is incredibly important, this whole concept around niching down. And it is something that I find really requires a big mindset shift. A lot of people are very afraid to do this. And it's not honestly just a client development thing, okay? So a lot of times we get into our practice and we don't want to be too um, bookended into one specific area, which I totally get. I'm right there with you. I didn't want that either. And I wanted a lot of different experience. But there is definitely... A phrase out there of it is true, the riches are in the niches. And there is more money to be made, in all honesty, when you have a really good niche. Understand that just because you become known within a particular niche does not necessarily mean that's all you do. And we will get into that a little bit more towards the end of this episode. But it does help you to build your business more quickly. It helps you to become known And this is the same for those of you who are lower to mid-level and not necessarily building your business, but there is an area that you could niche into early on that might give you some leverage within your firm, might allow you to become known for something more quickly. So there are other ways in which to utilize this. So think outside the box, even if you're not growing your own book of business at this point. Also, I highly suggest that you start thinking about this now because, as I said, it requires a mindset shift. The vast majority of people who haven't niched down by the time they're trying to grow their business have a real problem with doing so. And we're going to go into why that is. So let's get into niching down to build up and why I specifically say you niche down to build up and what building up really means. So first and foremost, let's cover what a niche is. So niching down 
really is just about choosing a specialized segment of the market, something that helps you to stand out. This can be by industry. It can be within a specialized area of law. It can even even be issue-specific. It very much depends on the type of law that you practice. Now, there's a lot of reasons for niching, okay? And as I said before, when you're talking to everybody, you're talking to nobody. You cannot stand out or even really be taken seriously by prospective clients if you haven't niched in some way, shape, or form because there's no credibility there. I've talked before about credibility being key. A couple, I think it was a couple of episodes ago, we talked about the three main prongs of business development, and that's marketing, networking, and selling. And the whole point to marketing, networking is so that you can sell. And the only way that you can sell is by creating this know, like, and trust factor. Now, if you have not listened to that episode, highly recommend you go back and do it. I will link to it in the show notes. But it is really hard to create credibility if you don't have some sort of a niche. Because how are you even going to know who to target, where to go, and what to talk about, right? If you don't have a niche, it's just too big. And then you're going to end up all over the place talking about a million different things. And nobody's going to understand what it is you actually do and how you can help them. So here's an example of what I'm talking about. I have a client that I'm currently working with who is a litigation, a litigation client. She's very senior. Um, she's wanting to make partner. She's up for partner soon. And the whole point of her working with me is to help her to make partner. Now, we've been going back and forth for a matter of months now on picking a niche. And she's really been resistant to it. She hasn't done it yet, and she hasn't really wanted to. The problem is she was talking about, well, how do I get in front of more people? Maybe I could write. Maybe I could speak. um, I can target some associations to become members of. But she was really having trouble narrowing down where to go, what to talk about, who to target, because she had no niche. Okay? It's super difficult to develop business if you don't have somewhere to start. And that somewhere to start is your niche. It gives you a ready-made plan. It makes it so much easier. So that is reason number one, and it is really one of the biggest ones. Also, it gives you a competitive advantage. A lot of lawyers really don't niche down. And so it gives you an edge to become much more quickly known as an expert in something, okay? So that means it differentiates you. People are going to remember that you are the go-to for whatever your niche is. That makes it much more profitable more quickly. People do not want to hire a jack-of-all-trades. They want an expert. They're more willing to pay higher rates for an expert at something. So by niching and becoming the go-to in a particular area, you're going to get hired more often than if you stayed a generalist. Now, this is opposite of what most people think, okay? So most people think, but I want to do all of these things. I don't want to, like, not include somebody. And if somebody thinks 
that I don't do what it is they want. They won't hire me. And therefore, I'll get hired more often if I stick to being a generalist. Contrary to what most people believe, that's not true. Okay? It's just not true. When you have a niche, the right people who need that are drawn to you. They pay more attention. They understand what you're talking about. It's easier than to establish a relationship with people, both online and when talking in person. You can very specifically pick what things to talk about when you go give a speech. And what to aggravate, you know very specifically the problems that they're facing that you can talk about and then uncover deeper issues that they would want to come and hire you for. That makes you attractive to a specific group of people so that they will reach out to you and be more likely to hire you. When you're a generalist and you're all over the place, you know, they might occasionally see something and go, oh, yeah. I understand that. That's interesting information. But then they're going to look at everything else you do and think, well, they don't really know enough. I'm going to go find somebody who actually knows this issue more specifically or who knows my industry. So it is not true that you will get more business as a generalist. You're actually closing way too many doors. You need to niche and become known in your niche so that you can get hired more often. So let me give you an example. My current business, what I do now, when I first left the law firm life, I actually wasn't sure who I wanted to coach. I knew I wanted to coach. I thought I might want to coach around work-life balance. I, for whatever reason, didn't want to coach lawyers originally. And so I kind of was more of a generalist, if you ask me. I was a life coachy kind of coach. That helped with work-life balance, helped with mindset, sometimes helped with career stuff. I mean, I was all over the place. And I did not gain traction at all. Like, it was a tough slog. And I did this for a good 18 months. And then I finally, I started talking to more lawyers again. I started opening up to, okay, maybe lawyers is the place for me to be. And I niched in a little bit. And I started getting more clients. And then I realized, well, I really love helping specific types of lawyers, those that want to have a more balanced life, but success is really important to them. And I started speaking to them. And I started branching into the business side because I was really good at that. You know, I had a very balanced life. I was a mom as a lawyer. I built my practice to two and a half million from scratch without giving up what I thought was too much, right? I deter- And I had a kind of a specific framework. And so I realized, ooh, I can really take this framework and help people both in private practice and in um, in-house work with how to have a more balanced life, but also get to that executive level, make partner, grow your own business, do those big things that they want to do. And I niched even more. And then, you know, it's just step by step by step right? Which eventually led to this podcast. Every time I niched more, my business grew. Every single time. It got easier. It continues to get easier as I step into it more and more. 
truth be known, sometimes I battle with the whole self-doubt. Is this, you know, am I doing enough? Um, Am I truly worthy? I went over this in a recent episode on imposter syndrome. Yes, sometimes I deal with that. (laughs) But every single time I have niched in further, my business has grown. It is more profitable to niche. It allows you to take a stand. It allows you to be that person that somebody does need. And here's the other interesting thing that that client I mentioned earlier, who's a general litigator, finally came to me in a recent uh, meeting and said, you know what, maybe I do need to pick something to start with because I'm just having too much trouble figuring out what to do since I don't have a niche. So hopefully I have convinced you that niching is a good thing and that you really do want to do it. So how do you niche when you're marketing yourself? What does that actually mean? Well, step one, obviously, is you need to determine what your niche is. It can be by industry. It can be by demographics. It can be by specific issues. There's a lot of different ways to niche. And you need to really think about how niched do you want to be. It kind of depends on the type of law that you practice. Because some areas, you can go super, super specific and have a lot of potential. Other areas you can't quite go as specific because there's just not as much work out there for it. So you do want to be realistic and there is such a thing as going too far, okay? So are you a bankruptcy lawyer versus a bankruptcy litigator? Or maybe you mostly do a particular type of bankruptcy, right? Are you an entertainment lawyer in the music industry? Or maybe you're an entertainment lawyer just for country and western stars or maybe for the Broadway scene, Are you an appellate attorney or are you an appellate attorney for specific types of issues? Are you a litigation attorney for specific types of cases or issues that come up in a specific industry? These are all different kinds of ways. There's a lot of ways to niche. So based on what it is you do, start making a list of the different things you could niche into. And then you want to really think about, well, what's the market? Is it truly viable? And not only is it viable right now, but is it viable into the future? Sometimes there are areas that are super hot, but only for a limited period of time. And it's not that you don't want to do it, but you want to be careful not to over-niche so that that's all you're known for. And if you do go into that because there's so much of it, and it's really lucrative, but you know it short-term, you want to think about, okay, how can I transition that into other things as this starts to wane? So you want to be strategic about it, okay? Also consider your specific interests. What are you interested in? What do you enjoy doing? What are your skills? What are your strengths? What's your background? All of that should play a part into your niche. Look at new and interesting trends that you might want to get ahead of that you think could be a growth opportunity. You do have to be careful about those because sometimes you're wrong, but sometimes they're worth exploring and getting into at least to dabble in to see if it might work and bring in some real revenue. So determine your niche. That's obviously step one. Now, if you're not building business yet, right, then obviously you don't go out and build your business, but you do still have to build credibility and awareness internally, okay? 
So think about how you can do step two from an internal perspective if that's you. So step number two is to build your credibility, your expertise, make people aware. It's an awareness thing. This is your marketing and your branding, okay? So on your website, how do you describe what you do? You want to highlight your niche online, through social media, your LinkedIn bio, your about, the posts, the things you choose to post about and comment on, the articles that you might write. Think about where would be a good place to write something. Think about speaking topics, networking events, associations that you might want to join that you could go out and say, hey, here's a topic of interest. Would you be interested in me presenting on this? That is within your niche, okay? You got to get out there and let people know. Now, understand that sometimes you pick a niche um, when you're at the forefront of something and you don't have as much experience. That's okay, You learn as you go. Just don't put yourself out there as a true expert until you become one. But it doesn't mean that you can't comment on it as you're learning, that you can't let people know about it. And that's especially the case for those of you who are not yet growing a book of business, but starting to pick your niche earlier in your career and getting more viable in it. Start doing research. Start posting about it on social media. Hey, here's an interesting article I found. We do this. You know, you don't have to say, I'm the expert in this yet. But you can show your credibility by posting things, by making it known that you do help with these types of things, by putting a case study out there. When I say case study, what I'm talking about is if you've ever seen like a post on social media where somebody says, hey, had a client that recently dealt with this issue, or this is something I see coming up all the time, or like where you actually take experience that you've had that's relevant to what you do, right, that you can talk about online and say, this comes up a lot, here's questions you should be asking, or here's, here's something you need to be aware of. So you can start doing those things even while you're gaining more experience to start building your credibility. And the more experience you get, the more you can put out there. So for more ideas around how to build credibility and awareness, this marketing piece, also the networking piece and how all this plays into it, I want you to go listen to the episode about what business development really is, the three prongs. And also the episode around your business development and marketing plan. I will have links to both of those in the show notes. And then also be sure to download your free client development blueprint. That is my step-by-step framework for how to build a book of business with ease and while having fun. It really revolves around getting your mindset in the right space first, learning how to align to your values and how to leverage your strengths, how to use your, lean into those strengths that you have and simplify client development so that you're not doing too much, but that you're doing things that you enjoy, that you're good at, that will naturally attract clients, and that you can be consistent with. So definitely listen to those episodes and download your free blueprint. Okay, so step one is to pick. Step two is to start building credibility, expertise, and awareness through your marketing and branding and even networking efforts. Step three is to strategically identify who to target. 
So while you're building your credibility online, you're also, and I would say steps two and three are kind of hand in hand. You don't have to wait until you've done a certain number of things in step two. Get started on step two. Maybe spend a couple of weeks to a month getting comfortable in it and then get on to step three. These can be done at the same time. Who do you want to get in front of? Do you want to speak? Do you want to write? How do you want to network? Right? Make sure that you actually are starting to target groups and people. That is part of your marketing and that is a big piece of networking, obviously. And you cannot sell if you don't build relationships and you only build relationships if you network. So be very strategic about it and start doing it. And for more help, I'm not going to belabor this because I've gone into this in depth recently. Go back and listen to those episodes I just mentioned, specifically the what is client development. We got a lot more into the networking piece and how to do that. Okay, so one of the questions I get a lot when I'm counseling my clients to niche down is, well, does that mean that's all I can do? Do I only work within my niche? Not necessarily, no. You can and likely will do other things too. Picking a niche doesn't mean that's all you do. What it does mean is this, that you are strategically working to, number one, be an expert, if you aren't already, within that area, and then to become known as the expert in that area, and that you are putting forth the majority of your marketing and networking efforts in that area. So probably like 80 plus percent, if not all, could be all, within that area so that you build that credibility and start to really truly grow your business. Now, it doesn't mean that's all you do. It's just a way to get very targeted and quickly grow your business, become known as an expert in something, and get clients, okay? And it's interesting because there's always this fear of that means this is all I'm going to do. Like this client I mentioned earlier, but but I don't want to just do that. And I cannot express to you, you will not only do that if that's not all you want to do. It's interesting how this works out. Now, it might be if that's where you're putting all of your efforts, that for the next two years, it's 80% of what you do because that's where you're putting your efforts. But other stuff will still come in. You still know other people who already know you for other things. You don't have to drop those things. Also, when you become known in a niche and clients hire you, they naturally start to get to know you and ask if you can do other things. And you can start offering to do other things once they've hired you for that thing that you're niched in, that you're known for, right? So you've already built up credibility. You can start selling them on other things. This does not limit you anywhere near as much as you think. Now it can if you want it to, and that's all you want to do. But it doesn't have to. The other thing I would say is after you become known in a niche and you start growing your business, it's easier to start branching out into other related areas. So let's say this client of mine, she is more general litigation, and she picks one or two areas that she can niche in that are related 
And that's where she's going to focus 100%. Let's say she picks two because she doesn't want just one. She's going to focus her 100% of her marketing, networking, selling efforts for the next two years. Let's say that over the course of two years, she's able to build up her book of business and she gets to a point where she's like, I'm almost at a million. This is as much as I really want. I'd like to branch out into others. At that point, she can do that. So let me give you an example. When I pivoted my practice back when I was practicing law, so if you don't know my story, I've told it before, but (laughs) I started, oh gosh, at my first firm, I was more of a, a, uh, an energy lending attorney. And then I moved to another firm in my fifth year of practice, and I became primarily a um, ABS, asset-based securitization and structured finance attorney. And I did that for a couple of years and made partner doing that. Unfortunately, I made partner the year that everything crashed. And all of that business that I made, I actually had a small book of business at the time. All of that business that I made partner with was gone. Like just completely wiped out, obliterated, seriously went to zero by the end of 2008. So at the beginning of 2009, I realized I have to do something different. This isn't coming back anytime soon. And even if it does, I'm not sure it's really what I want to do anyway. I had to pivot. And I pivoted into what's called ABL, asset-based lending. That is where I put 100% of my efforts for two years in growing my business. And it's how I grew to a million very quickly and then got up to the two and a half million mark because I focused in only on that niche. Now, it did not mean I did zero structured finance. I still had connections and there was stuff that did end up coming to me. So I probably had... For my first two years, an 80-20 split, 80% ABL, 20% structured finance. I could have chosen to grow that structured finance as it started to come back, but I specifically chose not to. I was too busy. I liked the benefits of primarily having an ABL practice, and I just kept doing what came in and allowed that to continue to grow. So by the time I left, it was more like a 90-10 split. And that was by choice, though, y'all. So it does not necessarily mean that it's all that you do. There are other things. And had I wanted to, I could have changed it to a 60-40 as the, you know, structured finance came back more robustly. I just chose not to. Okay, that is it for today. I hope that you got something out of this. Do not forget to download the Client Development Blueprint. It is your step-by-step framework for developing business with more ease. It's got the mindset. It's got how to align to your values. It's got how to lead with your strengths. It's got, you know, basically your framework for keeping things super simple, staying more consistent, and not getting overwhelmed when you build your own book of business. And not just that, because it helps you lead with your strengths and align to your values, it is my framework for how to build a more fulfilling practice that you actually enjoy, the practice you want. Also, if you are enjoying the podcast, and especially if you enjoyed today's episode, look, you know people who need this message, please do me a favor and share this episode with at least one person today. It'll only take you a couple of minutes, but you would be doing them and me a big favor by helping to get the word out. Also, If you're enjoying the podcast and you have not yet given me a rating and review, I would so appreciate it 
if you would go and do that. It would help, again, for the podcast to get found. I read everyone. I do enjoy them. Please consider doing that. That is it for this week. Bye for now. Now you want to get to the next level, but without losing you in the process, ready to grow the practice you actually want without burning out. Here's what I want you to know. You can have a profitable career and practice that's balanced with a real life, and it's not as hard as you might think. Hint, it's about simplifying. If that speaks to you and you're ready to get started now, I invite you to book a call with me. Go to lifeandlawpodcast.com forward slash free call. In just 20 minutes, you'll find out what's truly possible. Thank you for listening to the Life and Law Podcast. If you enjoyed this week's episode and aren't yet a follower or subscriber, be sure to hit the follow or subscribe button so that you don't miss an episode. For show notes and free resources to help you succeed in both life and law, including the Life and Law Roadmap, visit lifeandlawpodcast.com. Life and Law Podcast.